Hello and welcome to God's Gym, the podcast where we consider how we can reach our full potential as human beings physically, mentally and spiritually. Jesus said he had come that we may have life in abundance and we ask what is abundant life and how can we live it? I am Mark, an army chaplain and with me is Paul, an army scripture reader and today we're going to talk about other people. Why do we need them? What role do other people play in helping us reach our full potential and why do you need a community around you? in order to survive the zombie apocalypse. The last time we mentioned the log run, which was invented by someone who did not like other people and basically involves a giant tree trunk and a team of people and a lot of suffering and a lot of pain and a whole bunch of wishing it would end. But together, you accomplish what one person on their own could not accomplish. And today we're giving some thought about reaching our own potential and how that involves other people. We also want to think about what that looks like in a pandemic when being with other people can also be bad for your health and theirs. Paul, good morning. And let me begin by asking you, why do I need you? (laughs) Well, Mark, I was wondering that myself, of course, the other way around. But honestly, we do need each other. And history does show that two is better than one. Just imagine what the world would be like if Batman didn't have his Robin or Barbie hadn't met Ken or Ant had lost his deck. Morecambe was without his wives. So yes, the world needs its Jews just as much as God's gym needs its Mark and Paul. Yes, and uh, good morning to you as well. Very good. Now, there's an old saying among sports coaches, a champion team will defeat a team of champions. And we're going to explore that a little bit more. But there, there is that alternative notion, isn't there, of the rugged individual, the person who stands out from the crowd, succeeds without help from anyone else, that lone wolf. Paul, do you remember John McLean? When he found himself in a sticky situation in the Nakatomi Tower Block, he didn't need anyone's help when he rescued all those people from Hans Gruber and his gang. I think that was his name, wasn't it? Hans Gruber. Yeah, I I believe so. And to be honest with you, it is a brilliant movie. And did you know it's actually designated as a christmas movie if you can believe that or it is it is or, the or christmas not. movie isn't it yeah it comes out every christmas and and there you are you're, you're watching it with the uh christmas tree lights and the and the turkey in the oven but anyway listen it's such a, a wonderful film anyway and here's some interesting quotes from it you'll probably remember the scene where mr mclean has lost his shoes and he says nine million terrorists in the world and I got to kill one with feet smaller than my sister. <laughs> and probably one of the most iconic little phrases is when all the gunfire is coming around him and he turns around and he says, welcome to the party, pal. So yes, John McLean, he really does do it for me. It sounds like you watch it every Christmas. Is that true? Well, well once a year anyway. Once a year. So our culture often places more value on a single talented player than on the cohesive team that has no particular standout star. And and there is a good body of research that asks that question, which one is better, the single standout player or the cohesive team of average players? And and Paul, which one do you think is going to win? Mark, I'm actually glad you've actually presented that question to me because quite recently I actually viewed another film called Moneyball. I know the title probably doesn't suggest too much, but it's actually the story 
of the 2002 Oakland Athletics baseball team and their general manager called Billy Bean. And basically what he does is he assembles a winning team on a shoestring budget. And the manager, what he has to do is he reinvents his team by outsmarting the richer clubs. He recruits bargain bin players whom the scouts have labelled as flawed but they themselves have game-winning potential. And this enables the manager to get maximum efficiency from his team. And they earn wins at a fraction of the price that have been paid by the rest of the league. There's one part of the film where it shows that one of the team members of Oakland Athletics, they lose one of their high-pressed players who has a high run average to a richer club. But rather than replace him with another expensive player, Billy Bean uses the money to buy three players who themselves have an average runs that when total together match the outgoing player's average, if you're still with me of this. So with the methodology, Bean takes his average performers, outclasses all the other teams by winning 20 straight games. <laughs> Look, you need to watch the film to really to get the grips of, of what this is all about. It's a great film, and of course Brad Pitt is the main star of it. But it's a true story, isn't it? Absolutely. A true story. Absolutely. Yeah. So... I was reading about the uh, U.S. National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA for short, and they were doing some research into how crews work under pressure. And they took fatigued crews, crews that had been on long missions, and they put them under simulated pressure. They tested their effectiveness, and they found that crews that had flown together in the past made significantly fewer errors than fresh crews that had never actually worked together. And their research emphasizes the benefits of relationships and, and the connectedness to others. So over time, as people work together, they become a team, and that team becomes way more effective than individual people. And of course, James Bond, Jason Bourne, these people are exceptional in all they do on their own. And from a military perspective, Rambo, of course, managed to single-handedly defeat his entire enemies, didn't he? But generally, I'm not sure that's true, is it? In the police force, in the security services, in the military, we seem to do everything in teams. You know, you might feel secure and invincible sat in a tank, but actually you're highly vulnerable to enemy infantry. So you need your own infantry around you to provide protection. But then they're all vulnerable from the air, so you need air superiority. And then, of course, your tank is a thirsty beast, so you need fuel and you get hungry and thirsty, and so you need food and you need bullets. And, and that's why major military successes tend to be about using combined arms, about teamwork uh, to accomplish your aims. So it, it is about teamwork, isn't it? Absolutely, Mark. And it's interesting you could say that because... In order to send a fighting soldier to the front line, there are several others who are supporting his efforts. Imagine this, if you may. Think of the quartermaster who clothes him, the chef who feeds him, the doctor who looks after him, the paymaster who pays him, the PTI who exercises him, the instructors who train him, the logistical people who are supplying and resupplying him, and of course, we can't forget the sergeant major who, who loves him. Well, Maybe not loves him, but makes sure he's in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. So, yes, we do need others at all times. Absolutely. And the chaplain who, of course, oh, yes. goes with him and provides uh, moral support. Interestingly, when I chat to people from special forces, their advice is the same. You know, the best operators are those who are able to be actually vulnerable and able to take risks with others in their relationships to work together in a team. It's that sense you need to open yourself up to other people to rely on and communicate with others to be truly successful in demanding situations. Now, I'm going to talk about another aspect is 
is actually from books and particularly survival books. I have always, I've loved reading survival books since I was a little kid and my dad gave me some military survival books. And then along comes Ray Mears and Bear Grylls. And my favorite is Les Stroud, a Canadian. And his show on TV, if you can find it, is called Survivor Man. And these, these guys are great. They, they kind of drop into the middle of a desert island and they, they end up building some kind of palace and, you know, kitchens and, and gyms and, and looking after themselves and, and really living the high life in a survival setting. But of course, it can fool us into thinking that it's all about me. And when it hits the fan, I'm on my own. But actually, that's rarely the case. And more recently, I've begun to see that people have begun talking about how in real survival situations, if you're on your own, then you've got to do your best with what you've got. But actually, to truly survive under any kind of circumstances, environmental disasters, whatever it is, actually, we need other people. You know, you may be really, really capable. You may be a John Rambo, but actually, if you twist your ankle or you cut yourself and that cut gets infected, then you are food for the bears or the zombies or whatever it is that's chasing you. So that idea that everyone brings something to the table, we all have shared skills that we can give to other people and encourage other people and, and support other people. You know, on our own, we could be lost, but in a community, we're strong. Absolutely. Did you actually mention the word zombies there for a moment? <laughs> actually, um, my young son a couple of years ago invited me to sit down with him to watch the box set of The Walking Dead. If you haven't watched it, well, there's an option for you. But it tells the story of the Sheriff Deputy Rick Grimes. Again, he wakes up and the world's gone a bit upside down because of some type of virus and zombies. But he actually forms a community where they bring all their skills together. I know it's only a Hollywood t TV series, but it does depict that we do need each other and all the skills that we bring to the meeting absolutely the, the bible you know from from something like three four thousand years ago says a three-corded rope is stronger than a single strand and and those are wise words it, because it doesn't matter how strong we are there's always something bigger than ourselves something stronger it's then that we realize we need others and so building on that sense that our strengths may be someone else's weaknesses but also vice versa that we may need something that someone else has to offer even if it's just them covering our own back i mean you try doing your own dentistry and you pretty soon realize that you need other people's skills yeah absolutely and i can remember uh, as a young soldier over in Germany um, I went through a bit of a, a traumatic experience there had been a bereavement in the family and I can remember sitting down um, thinking oh, what, what am I going to do and way back then in the 1980s uh, there was not much self-help books that you go to but I'll tell you who did help me my my sergeant he took me aside he actually took me into his home and he sat me down he, he didn't speak to me he just sat down and he just said those words you know I'm here for you and at that time going through what I was going through it was so good it was so encouraging that he was there as a figure that I could turn to and to give that support that I so so needed so yes we do depend on others and just as I was dependent on my sergeant I've no doubt as weeks and months went on there were times when he was also dependent on me that's interesting isn't it now there is a body of research that suggests that social connections that having other people around us is as important as the basic needs of food water shelter that depending on and cooperating with other people does something within us that it enhances our ability to to manage all kinds of uh, circumstances and situations and the lack of connections can actually lead to problems and you know the, the obvious one is 
loneliness and even despair. And that brings us to thinking about this this current situation we're in with a global pandemic. And it has been harsh and it's been challenging for many people, not least because of the need to, to avoid other people, to isolate, to distance, to work from or just be at home. And fundamentally, it doesn't matter how sophisticated we are technologically, that emotional connection remains a part of who we are as, as human beings at our very core. It's a, it's a survival need, isn't it? Yeah, and I have to say that not one individual is an island. We all need support at one time or another. I wonder, have you ever experienced the strange sensation of being around so many people? yet feeling overwhelmingly isolated and uh, and alone. And at times you can feel so overwhelmed by the challenges that life throws up that the tendency is to go to ground, to bury the head, or to use a word that's very frequent at the minute, to, to self-isolate. But, you know, if that's painting a picture of yourself, you know what I would say? You just press the pause button. And what, what I would certainly suggest is that we do need others. We often hear people talking about belonging to a community and of course a community can be anything from a physical place where people can connect or via a virtual space such as social media groups or private community platforms. But what communities do is to bring like-minded people together with similar characteristics and common interests and that itself provides unique opportunities for, for people to learn from each other, to give support to each other and of course to, to encourage each other. And, and just imagine for a moment belonging to and having access to other people who will support you, who will influence you, who will share with you, who will strengthen you and indeed who will connect with you. And and someone has said that being a part of a community can make us feel as though we are part of something greater than ourselves. Yeah, but let's 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 just drill down a little bit deeper with this pandemic situation. So there you are, you're either socially distancing, you know, you've got a good two meters, six feet between you and someone else, or you're avoiding people altogether. You know, you are isolating because you have to, or because you, you want to, or because you need to. How do you how do you connect with people? And we, you know, social media is great. We live in a generation where we have lots of technological avenues to connect, but is that really connectedness, or do we need to think of other ways in which we continue to maintain our our mental health, our psychological health by connecting with people. Yeah, we we all are pretty familiar with uh, Zoom and other social platforms that are available. And yeah, connecting with people th through a smartphone or through a, a, a PC, as you say, is that really connecting with people? It's great to hear other people's voices, but I have to admit, I like to be able to talk to someone, you know, face to face. And to give an example, uh, up in my office uh, quite recently, I heard these footsteps coming down the car door and I wonder, I wonder who that is and all of a sudden uh, a soldier appeared in the doorway and he had his mask on we were two meters apart and he says I, I didn't realize there was someone in I, I saw the lights so I thought I'd stop and come in and, and say hello and that's what we did we just chatted for five or ten minutes and this guy he was telling me that he, he spends his life coming from the mess to the work unit leaving the work unit going back to the mess and that's his routine day in and day out he has his zoom meetings at work he has a lot of social platforms that he goes but he just wants to talk to, to another living soul and so on that day in particular he saw the lights on he came and he stood and he just wanted to talk to someone outside of his own unit a friendly face hopefully i provided that but all we did was talk about him and his family his passions his dreams his pursuits 
Uh, and he went away happy because he had interacted with another person. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is, you know, don't think that social media solves all the issues in regards uh, to reaching out to people because there are people out there who don't have access to the internet, don't have access to the smartphones. And, and of course, when we come to think about it, even our, our children are going through such a challenging time, they too need human interaction. So absolutely, there's a sense in which we've, we've got to be we've got to be purposeful about this, haven't we? We've got to recognize there is a need, whether we like it or not, there is a need for connectedness, for relationship, for mutual support, that we offer something to someone else, but also we need other people to help us find balance and support and encouragement in life. But, but we've got to be purposeful about that, haven't we? Just tweeting something or being on Instagram isn't enough, though actually we've got to get out of our armchairs, go off, open the window, go out into the garden, go into the park and intentionally talk to people and, and interact in some way. There is something we recognize that we need as, as deep as anything in our human psyche, that we need relationship, we need connectedness with people. And when so many things mitigate against that, so many things work against that, we need to be more proactive. We need to take control of our own lives in order to reach our full potential. And part of that is going out, going into the park, going down to the bottom of the garden and talking to people as, as they go. And just to do that doesn't have to be a huge amount. Obviously, it's a strange situation we're in, but to do that regularly, and even if it's a, just a quick conversation with someone, it just keeps us going, doesn't it? It helps us. Yeah. And I, I would say that even just saying hello to someone as they walk by, that can have such a great impact on that person's life. I would like to think that as I go about my business on a day and daily basis and people see me from a distance, albeit two meters, that I will say hello. And I would encourage other people who are listening, be charitable be loving, be caring, be all those things that make up the the, the, the human person. But yes, reach out. Uh, uh, and Because just as you, th- you don't know what that person's going through. It's true. And, and also, let's not underestimate the value of the telephone. Actually, to, to phone someone that you've not spoken to in a while, just to have that conversation. Actually, the other day, I, I received something through uh, the post. It was a handwritten letter. Can you believe that? No, I don't believe I that. opened it and I was amazed. But you know something? I was greatly encouraged by it. Yeah, sure, that, sure. That was a, definitely a, a, a little personal thing for for me and uh, it, it, it just brought a new uh, bounce to my step that day so there you go go down to the bottom of your garden go into the street I pick up the telephone <laughs> talk to talk to people that you haven't spoken to for a while or start writing handwritten letters yeah. wow okay brilliant uh, paul let's let's talk finally about i think probably the most important community in the world when god does something he does it really well doesn't he and the church is a community now what is a church and why does why does church exist Mark, I suppose when we think about church, the first things that comes to our mind is a building. Think of a building, maybe with a spire, maybe there's a cross somewhere about the building, and maybe there's a large notice board advertising the church services and the contact details, and, and maybe we, we were pitching a graveyard attached to the uh, to this building. So that's probably what most people would associate when we talk about about a church. And of course, if you'd ask the people, what church do you attend? Uh, they would usually identify a building, for instance, that Presbyterian church down the road or the Methodist church up the street or the Church of Ireland that's just uh, around the, the corner. But it's actually interesting that when you read the Bible, you actually find uh, that the word church is actually a translation of the word, the Greek word ecclesia, which defines simply as an assembly. So the root meaning of church is not that of a building, but actually of a people. Isn't that surprising that we're not talking about a building, but we're talking about people. Of, of course, we could go down the line and talk about the local church where, where those people do, do gather. And yes, that 
is true and the church is there uh, to those people who want to gather together to worship to fellowship and they want to be encouraged they want to be supported i suppose to take a verse out of the bible where it says to grow in both the grace and knowledge of jesus christ so i suppose church and what church is all about is to provide a, a community for people of of faith where they can come together uh, of like minds. And of course, the Bible talks about commandments. God tells us how he would like us to live. And he gives us these commandments. And Jesus sums those commandments up, doesn't he, in two commands, which are all about relationships. They're all about connecting with other people. The first is to connect with God, love God with everything you've got. And secondly, to connect with the people around us, to love others as we love ourselves. And that's because that's the way we've been designed. Again, going back to the very fundamental aspect of our, our psyche is we need connectedness. We need relationships to survive, don't we? And, and we're made for these things. And actually, that relationship with others is really important. But actually, God's made us for a relationship with himself. Absolutely. And it brings me back to, um, as a young soldier, when I came to faith, was in the army, uh, that I met the then army padre, my, my army padre, Padre Brandt, if he's listening. Hello, hope you're keeping well. But when I explained to him in my fumbled way of how I had come to be a Christian, he turned around and he said these words to me, meet me in the community centre at Friday night at six o'clock. And I thought, oh no, is this some initiation service or something? But no, what it was, he, he wanted to help me and he wanted to encourage me by getting me involved in the youth club. Now, I, I mentioned that because when I arrived on that Friday evening, the Padre introduced me to the other members of the Christian community within the camp that I didn't really know. And so there began... Uh, a time of socialization, a time of, of fellowship. And of course, I was able to serve out my days in that unit amongst that Christian community that wasn't just based in the church building, but when we were in exercise, there was those I met and we had fellowship together and so on. So really, it does come down that the church is a gathering of, of people. It doesn't have to be in the building, no matter where you are, but rather it's about the, the people within that community. So physically, we recognize there are lots of situations where actually we need other people. We need to, uh, people to support us, to encourage us, and we need to actually exercise our own encouragement and support to others in order to reach our own full potential. But also emotionally, it's a very deep need we have to connect with other people and to be in relationship. But also spiritually, we are not going to grow unless we have some spiritual relationship with other people around us in a community of, uh, of like-minded people. And the church is exactly that, isn't it? So those things are very clear. But let's look at one final issue. And, and that is the issue that not all relationships are good, are they? Mark, someone has said that who you spend your time with has a great impact on your life. And let's be honest, if your friends are Larry, Curly and Moe, then you do definitely have a, have a problem. Do you know, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, it actually says this, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. In other words, what it's saying is this, don't hang around a hot-tempered person, or you'll become hot-tempered your, yourself. Absolutely. So just to sum up what we've said, you know, we need relationships with other people. We need to be in supportive and encouraging relationships. By being in a relationship, we can be supported, encouraged, challenged, and grow to our full potential. But likewise, we can also help others, and we can give to them to enable them to grow to their full potential and of course remember this simple truth that you do matter you matter to us you matter to others but more importantly please remember that you matter to god
Absolutely. Well, as always, there's so much more we could say about this and all the subjects we discuss. If you're listening and want to let us know what you think, then do get in contact via Twitter or Instagram or leave a message on the podcast webpage. And if there are topics or issues you'd like us to address, then we are always open to suggestions. Until next time, thank you for listening. And remember, you are never on your own. There are lots of people around you and you just need to reach out and connect with them. And God is always with you. So keep working on your relational fitness as you reach your full potential as God has made you.